0: on your Bernays show I'm so super excited about tonight's show here on the Tanya Net Show. You all know that we meet here every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook Live. And if you're catching us on iTunes or on YouTube, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for following me. Make sure you subscribe and leave a comment. You are going to be blown away by tonight's guest. She is an amazing OBGYN. Um, I cannot wait to get her on screen so we could talk about some of the unique challenges of the 21st century African-American woman as it pertains to our health. Um, and you all know that I am very clear about being transparent, honest. If you have some questions for Dr. Kendra, make sure you go ahead and drop them in there now. If you want to connect with her offline, you know, some women who are nervous about that, um, you know, make sure that you let me know and then I can connect you with her. Um, but she's very down to earth. She is very... Um, our health and our uh, reproductive health is very key. To her. So I'm excited. I cannot wait to bring her on screen. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to bring on none other than Dr. Kendra. Welcome. Hi.
1: Hi, Tanya Brennan's audience, and thank you, Tanya, for having me on here. Um, my name is Dr. Kendra Sugura your OBGYN next door, um, and I'm just excited about your platform when I researched you and found out all that you do, um, along with you being an expert um, in relationships and how you're educating our community I, I, I got super, super excited to hop on board because my passion is preventative healthcare. care. Um, my passion is uh, making sure that all my patients um, are their own advocates. And the only way you can become your own advocate is to be informed, okay, is to know what's going on, is to remove fear and put education there. So I'm really excited. And also, I just recently co-authored a book with 19 other beautiful, talented women physicians, The Chronicles of Women in White Coats. And so I just wanted to let your audience know that this this isn't just for pre-meds. This isn't just for women in white coats. This is for everybody. It's inspirational. It's all true stories. Anything from sexual assault to failure, imposter syndrome, changing career—that's what I write about. Um, taking that leap of faith because it's scary when you do things in a non-traditional way, and that was me. And so, again,
0: hi everybody, and please, please ask her questions, please. Awesome, awesome. So, Dr. Kendra, I'm going to get started with my questions. Um, and so, you—you you just kind of segued right into it um, that you had a career change. What was that like for you? What was that journey saying? OK, I'm here now. I need to make this pivot. Can you take us through what that process was for you? Because there's a lot of women right now who are um, maybe late 30s, early 40s, maybe mid 40s, who are like, you know what? I want to do something different. I want to step out, do my own thing, you know, stab at entrepreneurship or something like that. So can you tell us what that journey was like for you?
1: That journey, I am not going to sugarcoat anything. Um, In my late 20s, okay, Mm. I had a midlife crisis and um, it had to do also with me getting sick. You know, maybe that's why I kind of got drawn into medicine. I've been in that blue robe more times than I've liked to be. Um, So when you get, when you have an illness, sometimes when you're battling your health and you realize that you only have one life. I think that gives you the guts to kind of live it. And so against popular advice, against medical advice, I decided to, I was, I I was working as a public health, I have a master's in epidemiology, biostatistician, was working for the Los Angeles health department. And I decided that, you know what? I, can't see myself spending the rest of you know the my god-given year just a number cruncher as they used to call us or just a consultant to physicians um i realized that i liked that patient interaction i like to talk and um but the thing it didn't look right because i was older you know um I was already settled down, you know, I already, I already had a, a career. I could have gone on to get my, uh, my doctorate um, moving, you know, I had to, you know, I'm from Los Angeles. I had to move to the East coast. So nothing looked or seemed right. And then I'll be pushing back marriage. I'll be pushing back fertility. I mean, nothing about it seemed right. And at that time I had some health issues in addition on top of all of that. Um, and so I think for me, and everybody has a different trigger. Mine was my health when I realized, you know what? I'm only going to live once. And I, you know, I got this itch and I'm, I'm unsettled. I'm not happy. It's either I do that daily grind or I just step out on faith and leap out there and see what happens. And many a time, many a time I thought to myself, you know, did I do the wrong thing? But then God sends people. God sends messages. God sends, you know, nature and lets me know, reminds me that I did the right thing. So it's not an easy feat, but I'm happier or let's just say content. Wow. We're content.
0: Wow. wow, wow. And that's so key because I think some people would look at, wow, she's a doctor. She's making money. You know, she has this, this level of prestige. And she did a whole career change, you know, a lot of us won't even do that if we're just working, a, you know, a nine to five and what they say, cubicle, you know, we're in a cubicle type thing. And we're afraid to even jump from there. And you said, you know, you left and you, you took a leap of faith with that. Um, and so I, I thank you so much for sharing that because I think as African-American women, we feel like the world is on our shoulders and that we can't do that pivot. Um, and so just hearing your journey doing that is just amazing. Um Dominique says, um, Will, that's the truth on the journey. We can question it so much. So thankful for the reminders and people like, oh, thank you, Dominique. People like Tanya as support. So thank you, Dominique. I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Awesome. Awesome. So then once, once you made that choice, did you have people in your circle who were, um, I won't say naysayers, but people who, because they loved you and they didn't want you to fail or... Um, it didn't for they were fearful of it not working out did you have people who tried to discourage you um everybody wow okay yeah, yeah. so that's <laughs> why
1: it was because you know most let me just tell you the traditional route okay so most people know they want to be doctors from when they come out of their mother's womb mm-hmm. okay and they, you know, and maybe they come from a family of doctors, a family of healthcare professionals. So, you know, very few actually just come off just, you know, oh, you know, just, hey, I want to be a doctor. Most of the time, it's from when you're little. Okay. So I had another dream, which was I played tennis all my life, being my sister. Mm-hmm. And so, um, You know, I wanted to be a professional tennis player. So I never really kind of thought about, okay, you know, what else can I do? So I just ended up, one thing led to another. And I ended up in a place that just wasn't fulfilling. And that's what happens when you're going through life unconsciously. So I said, oh, my first dream didn't work out. You know, God's going to reveal to me and I had injury after injury. So this thing uh-huh. didn't work out. OK. And so um, played one year professional tennis on the circuit. God bless my mother for that. Thank you, mommy. Yes. You know, and my dad, you know, because it takes a lot of money to go on tour and to do all that. And, and that was when I made the decision where I'm going to put this. Rack it down. You know, the Williams sister, girl, they're doing it. Okay. And so basically um, everyone was against me. You know, and I look back, that's why I wrote about it. That's why I tell people like everybody was against me and they all, because they loved me. It didn't make any sense because you go to undergrad, you know, you talk about it first when you're little, then you go to undergrad, then you go directly to medical school, and then you go through your training, your hands-on training. Yeah. So that's why it's kind of like, okay, at 20, at what 27, okay, 26. Now you're you're thinking about just because you're working with physicians, now you're thinking about doing this, and you're not in the best shape, your health is compromised, mm-hmm. but something within me. And something was just in my, in just not unsettled in my gut, and that was the Holy Spirit. So when I hear people say that everybody's against me, it almost makes me feel like, okay, well then maybe you need to do it more. Maybe you know, because some people have, you have to make that decision: do you run? Is that the door closing that God is closing, or is that you needing to leap on faith? And that's a decision between you. And God. And that was that was the toughest thing. You know, everybody that I love was telling me, don't do it, Kay. Don't do it.
0: Wow. 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 Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, Kay Wanda says she's so glad that you listened.
1: Look, <laughs> thank you so much.
0: <laughs> wow, that is amazing. And so um I've I've looked at your bio and all that you're doing with the OBGYN, and I love your moniker, your OBGYN next door. Um, and just all the, the preventative health things that you're doing. And I know, um, that a lot of us are going through some health challenges. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going through that whole menopause thing and, you know, hot flashes and all that. I'm just Great. Like, oh. You're doing it pretty though. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but I know, um, a, a recent friend of mine was, um, diagnosed with fibroids, um, and, and she eats healthy. She does, you know, does well for her body. Why are we as African-American women, and I I just recently saw a study on HLN about hair care products, but why do you think we as African-American women are more prone to um, our reproductive health having so many issues from fibroids to ovarian cysts? I had one rupture that was the size of a lemon, um, you know, in in my early 20s as well. So why do you think as African-American women, we are facing so many of these health challenges?
1: Um, I did look into, you know, uh, that HLN, Uh, you know, I think this is important for us to actually talk about it because I've been getting this question a lot in my office about parabens. Okay. So parabens are in a lot of things like hair care products Mm -hmm. and being uh, women of color, our hair is a little more um, curlier. It's dry. We need some moisture. There's more care involved. So we frequently use Products more often. Um, but keeping in mind that parabens are in everything else your toothpaste, your cosmetics, wow. um, soap. It's in a lot of things. And what it is, a lot of us, we don't even know what it is. It's a preservative. Okay. So it fights bacteria and it fights fungus. Okay. So that's why they have it there. And the whole, I think there was a big uprising about it probably two years ago because they did animal studies. Okay, um, regarding parabens and its link to um, estrogen, increasing our estrogen and leading to uh, a gyn cancers. Okay, but with that animal study, it it was a parabens that were twenty five thousand times higher than what's in our shampoo. If you're not already on that sulfate free shampoo, I, I I am, um, but. You know, so so keeping things under perspective, you know, keeping things um, remembering, you know, everything we hear on the news is not correct. It's sensationalized. And that's why I decided a year and a half ago to jump on board to educate because my patients will ask me, oh, my God, I can't use this, use that, use that. No, 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 no. The studies or the animal studies are are 25. They're using it 25,000 times higher because it really wouldn't be in anything. If Because it would really be linked to some type of cancer. So I'm going to just pause and, okay. and calm us down on that. So okay. fibroids, going to fibroids, nobody knows why. Tanya, nobody knows why African-American women have a higher rate of fibroids than any other race. Okay. Or women of color. So there are theories. This is when medicine, we come up with theories. Okay. Um, genetics. Okay. Hmm. Food, diet, everything goes to diet. So just keep in mind anything that if you're sick, nobody knows what it is, they'll go to diet because we don't know. What links, what is the common factor that women of color have? Maybe it's our diet, you know? So basically, when you hear theories, that means that we don't know. So obviously, living the best, healthiest lifestyle, eating the best diet, taking your multivitamins, exercise. That's that's going to be a, help you in everything. But just keep in mind we don't know and you know and in, in medicine sometimes as a physician, you got to you got to tell the patient, I don't know. But what I do know is is that if you're feeling a pain in your tummy, if you're feeling that you're gaining weight and you know that you've been eating the same or you know you've been exercising, if you're having pain during sex, if you're not fitting those jeans, Head on over to the gynecologist or even your family practitioner, any health care provider. So that is the one thing I noticed that we as women, I am guilty. I don't take time out of work. I'm like, oh, you know, we keep it moving. Oh, ouch we keep it moving. So, I would say kind of listen to your body and take that me time because you know work will keep going, okay? The kids, the the husband, the family, whatever you got, the dogs, whatever you got going with will take care of itself, but you definitely need to take care of yourself in order to keep the train going. So, I do know that that's how we get to the emergency room because we don't listen to those signs that that we know it's there and then we end up bleeding out and needing a blood transfusion. Or needing some medication, so we end up in the ED. And a lot of us don't even have a regular primary care doctor. You ask the average person, "Who's your primary care doctor?" I don't know. Or "Who's your OB/GYN? Who does your well woman exams?" I don't know. So that is where all this prevention starts. We don't let it. We don't have to let it go from, let's just say, a lemon to a grapefruit size. Right.
0: Wow. 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 Um, Dominique said, I recently found out that fibroid. And like you said, there was no real explanation to how, wow. wow. Right. And you know what, and you know, what we need to be advocating for is
1: there's a remarkable lack of randomized trials of medications that will work for fibroids. So, you know, that's going to be my mission is to kind of get involved in the funding process. Okay. Um, because it is prevalent. Um, hysterectomy, the number one cause, um, number one surgery we do in GYN is hysterectomy. The number one reason is fibroids. So for it to be the number one reason and then the lack of randomized studies to be really down here, that's an issue. That's a problem. Really? So yeah, so I think we all need to kind of get involved and in, to see how these, because because we get funding every year. So how is funding for breast cancer is allotted and why not allotted for fibroids when it does wreak havoc on your reproductive health, you know, you know, your overall quality of life. So for it to be the number one reason why women get hysterectomies and we don't really have any, you know, clinically, I can tell you what works, but actually hardcore great studies. We don't have that. And that's a problem. So that's one of my goals. That's my call to action this year um, in the new year is to kind of get on board and rallying for the funding to kind of go that way.
0: Wow. Wow. That is great. And I appreciate she for us. We need women like you to advocate for us. Um, I know that when I was diagnosed with diabetes ooh, back in 2011, um, my doctor, I went to one doctor and they wanted to give me medication. And then I went to an African-American, uh, doctor and that's, that's been my doctor ever since. And she said, "Tanya, I'm telling you straight up. If you lose 40 pounds, change your diet, start exercising, things of that nature, you can get rid of the diabetes. And I'm an overachiever. I wound up losing 53 pounds <laughs> and healing myself with diabetes. But, other doctors were like, "Take this pill, take this," you know, and and so. Oh my god, fifty pounds! I mean, can you share how did you do that? Because I mean, that's fine. <laughs> you know, Literally, it was I started moving my body. Um, instead of eating seven double stuffed Oreos, I went to like, um, I would cut up. I love Granny Smith apples. I would cut up Granny Smith apples and eat with peanut butter. So I just was substituting what I was snacking on for something healthy, and then moving my body. Um, and then I started running and then swimming and then biking. And so, wow. See, a lot of times, you know, I always, anytime I hear people say, hey, I
1: lost this, I always ask how. Right. It's the how. And, you know, so use bodies in
0: motion. Bodies in motion. I see a motion. Right. So Kelly said, I have three siblings and all of us have had hysterectomies. That is a thing. Genetic. A genetic component. That's why the, that's the theory, a genetic component to it, you know?
1: Wow. But wow. definitely, like I said, um, you know, for it to be the number one reason why women get hysterectomies, we definitely need to advocate, right, for right, more about the funding, and and we need studies, and um, that that's the part where you know um, maybe we can find a reason if we have these studies, you know, to, to kind of prevent it even further. But um, definitely I see that a lot my, my mom had a hysterectomy, my sister. So here I am, doctor, please, can you give me a hysterectomy? You know, but there are other treatments, you know, now we, you know, medicine is forever changing You know, especially for women who have not had children to mm. preserve your fertility. Some people want to keep their uterus. So there are things that, you know, we can go through the vagina. You know, we can remove the fibroids that are inside the cavity because fibroids are basically a benign, smooth muscle tumor. OK, for the most part, they're benign. OK, it's only less than zero, zero, zero point one percent chance for it to be malignant. OK, and. Um, Basically, you know, there's ultrasound guidance where they can do radio frequency to kind of shrink and, and kill the fibroids. So, you know, I don't want people to think that, oh, it's just, especially if you haven't had kids yet, it's just a hysterectomy. No, we can just go in and remove it laparoscopically or we can do it abdominally, okay, or right by ultrasound. OK, where we do radio frequency and now they have a new thing where it, they can do it by, you know, MRI guidance where they can go and just directly kill that blood supply. So so there is hope and uh, technology is taking off. So just wanted to let those girls know if you got fibroids and all children yet. Not all hope is lost.
0: OK, wow, wow, wow. So uh, here, here I am. I'm a patient. I, I was recently diagnosed with with fibroids and my doctor is pushing the hysterectomy, can I speak up and say, hey, I want to try something different? Because I think sometimes as patients, we don't feel like we have a voice that what the doctor says goes. How can we advocate for ourselves? Well, the first
1: thing is, is, you know, I always ask my patients, you know, do you want to do minimally invasive or, you know, because definitive treatment is invasive. So some, so that that's how I know where to go because, you know, as certain, you know, depending on your age, especially if you're done with childbearing mm-hmm. and a certain age, the only thing your uterus can do is just cause harm. So sometimes doctors will say, you know what, we're going to do a hysterectomy. So if I don't know that, you know, some people's religion, you know, some people are just a Fear of of surgery, you know. There's 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 things mind, body, and soul. If I don't know your wants and your needs after I have expressed my concerns about you, Mm -hmm. then we can't meet in the middle. Because I like I said, there's medication. There's other things you can do to retain your uterus. So definitely saying the first thing is saying, you know what? I really don't want to have major surgery. Mm -hmm. That will be a cue where the physician will stop and say, okay. Let's take a look at some other options, you know, if if it suits you. But definitely, I know the red flag is, you know, stop. I don't want to have major surgery. So right. that's the key there.
0: Wow. Wow. That is fantastic. And, and I'm glad that we can speak up for ourselves and advocate. Um, so let me ask you this, because I've heard after having conversations with some of my girlfriends, um, some have felt that doctors of color, Give more, better care, or can understand us more. Do you, do you find that in your practice? Because I know that research has shown, just historically, that we as African Americans have not received like we we don't get the amount of pain medication that we need. We saw that with I think it was Serena Williams, you know, during her whole uh, childbirth experience that she had to keep trying to advocate for herself. Um, so, are you finding that that Black women are not being treated as well, um, and when I say treated, I mean just treatments and 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 uh, the latest procedures or latest medications. Are you finding anything like that, um, just just in your practice? Well, I do know um, that
1: um, some people seek me out, you know, based on you know my picture, you know, my melanin skin, my last name. Is <laughs> so, you know, I, I get. You know, so some people seek me out because they feel that you know I would understand them culturally. Because funny enough, um, medicine—you know, being a student, you know, of medicine, being a being a, a practicing physician, you know, we do have to stereotype. You know, that's why we ask, you know, who's your mother, who's your father. You know, genetics plays a role. So, so in a way, we quickly have to summarize the patient. Um, but if the patient isn't comfortable, if I don't speak your language. Mm. Um, if I feel that you're judging me, OK, um, it's kind of hard to develop any relationship, no matter what race the patient is or the doctor, when you feel that you're walking into a room and you're being judged. OK, and we know there's an obesity epidemic. And, you know, so some, you know, you know, women, women are requesting more women GYNs because of that, that judgment factor. Oh, he, you know, this this man is judging me. So there's the sex is involved in there too. Women are are wanting people who look like them and another woman. So, um, but I feel that if you find, like, if you take control, if you're an advocate of yourself and you find a doctor who just simply cares, that's it. Mm, If a doctor cares about you and you guys make that connection, it really doesn't matter what color, what their sex is. You know, I even tell my own family members that once they find a doctor that just cares, you know, know, they think about them on the weekend. You know, they might change the plan because I was thinking about you and I saw and I saw your labs. I was thinking about your case again. You know, so I really feel that it's the patient's job. To actually, find the doctor that they connect with, and I think it's America's job to kind of encourage more um, people of color in medicine because right now we all know, or, or maybe we don't, it's only about I think less than three percent nationwide um, is, is doctors of color. So, with America helping us out, like gaining more entrance, you know, for uh, minorities. And patients, you know, being their own advocates and, find, and sticking with and finding and sticking with a the doctor that they like, no matter, no matter you know, of course, what, what race or color, I think that that, will, that would help tremendously. But right now, there's not enough of us. So that's definitely can create a barrier.
0: Wow. Wow. So you kind of segued <laughs> into my next question about our daughters. So, our daughter, you know, future generation, she has have um, a brand new freshman at Morgan State University here in Maryland. Um, and she's a STEM, she's in the STEM track. Um, and so, you know, really trying to push her towards being that. Um, and in her STEM program, even though she's at an HBCU,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, one of, I think it's three black girls in her program. Um, everyone else is from um, another country. <laughs> Or guys. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. So we're talking about our future generation. My daughter's 18. And then I know some of some of my viewers have younger daughters who may be in elementary school or high school, or what have you. How can we kind of start steering our daughters towards that STEM field, that health, healthcare care field with only, I think you said, less than 3% of us? Are I, it, yeah, it is. And,
1: it, and, it's, and it's just, it is more prevalent on the West than the East coast um I lived on the east coast for about eight years so I was kind of surprised moving to the west you know and not seeing you know doctors you know or just people that are working in the healthcare field not but there's many levels you don't have to be a physician there's a physician assistants there's nurse practitioners um there's midwives there's so many like levels to this that I didn't know because I didn't you know I didn't have anybody. I didn't have a mentor. I I didn't know there were different things. You know, I just knew that doctor patient, you know? Um, so, um, you know, I just feel that, you know, having mentorship, just, just you as, as you just speaking it out, you know what I mean? You know, you know, they say that, um, a, a lot of, a lot of my patients, the young ones I have, You know, I spend extra time with them because, you know, they tell me that, you know what, they want to be a nurse or they want to be this, they want to be that. I don't really hear doctor coming out of their mouths. You know, I don't hear, and I ask why, just so I can, you know, just, you know, what kind of background are you coming from? And it's just not a thought. They don't think about it. Like they don't think of themselves as, you know, go for the top. If you end up being a nurse practitioner, you know, not saying at the same time, not saying we we call them mid-levels, not saying that that's not an achievement in itself. But I'm just telling you what I notice when I ask young girls. None of them really say like, "Oh, I want to be you know the one in charge," or you know. I, I hear all. It's it's really lower. So I don't know. Is it lower self esteem? Is it not expected of us? Um, is it, um, just the hope that you just go and you, you, get into college? I mean, do you know, you know what I mean? Is it a clap that you go to college? You know, so I'm you just know <laughs> I mean? I I happy you graduated high school. So, you know, I don't, you know, so it's the household, it's the conversations that you're having with your daughters. And for you, Tanya, I know that, you know, just being the type of woman you are, you're having those conversations. You can be anything you want. And I think that's why it's the mentorship. And that's when I look back at my life. I didn't have mentorship. I probably, you know, the mentee, you need to be a good mentee. So I wasn't a good mentee because maybe I felt like it was a waste of time. So Mm -hmm. that's why I love the Chronicles of Women in White Coats, because simply it's getting 20 mentors. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, you know, 20 mentors. So I wasn't the best mentee. You know, it wasn't like I was looking for a mentor, um, but there's very few people that I felt that were like me. It's very important to get a mentor yeah. that you feel that you could relate to. Because, you know, when I did see somebody that I'm like, oh, you know, I like what you do, or I like who you are, I like your vibe, but I couldn't relate to that person. You know, that person didn't have the same, you know, kind of personality. Of course, you're type A and you're organized and you're this, you know, that wasn't me. So, so, you know, really a mentee, and I'm going to actually be coming out with a a book soon, an ebook about how to find a good mentor, because it, it goes both ways, you know? And I think that when I did see somebody that I'm like, I want to be just like her, just I couldn't relate to that person socially. You see what I'm saying? So of course you can do it. So I'm getting advice from that person. I'm not like that person, so so you do see right there where it was like a disconnect for me. So I think that I just didn't know how to find a mentor. So I ended up taking a lot of roads, you know, which I'm going to share with everybody because you know what, I don't want anybody taking so long to get into their purpose.
0: Right. Right. Wow. 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 You you are dropping a lot of great nuggets, Dominique. Saying this is the truth. Thank you, Dominique. That's the (laughs) truth. Um, you are really helping us out, and I really appreciate you um, sharing this. So I'm going to shift a little bit. That's what we sure. do here on the mm-hmm. Time Show. And I'm going to ask you, with you being a physician and you're married, how do you find time for yourself?
1: <laughs> That's why I think I need some expert um, coaching for this time. When I saw that, you know, a lot <laughs> um, so my it's challenging because my husband is also a physician. Okay. So it's so challenging and um, I'm five years in, we're five years married. And what I've learned to do, you know, is say say no and set boundaries because a lot of people don't understand what it's like to be a physician. They don't understand that you're really working a lot of hours. Like, you know, it's not a nine to five by all means. It's not a nine to five. And so in my, I'm an OBGYN, so it's a little different. My husband's an internal medicine. So it's a little bit different. Um, he does work long hours, but I work overnight shifts. Um, I can go long hours if I'm in the OR. Like there's no like, look at my watch. Oh, we are done. You know, you know, we're done here. So what I've learned as I as we moved on is just say no. You know, sometimes, you know, people are like, well, you guys live together. You see him all the time. We're passing and going. There's no, let me sit down. Let's look at, let me look at you. How are you doing? So <laughs> I learned to say no. And the people that I care about, I explained to them that, yeah, we live together. Yeah, I've been knowing him since 2010. So you think that it will be like whatever, but no, we know that we have to say no and put in that quality of time or we're just coming and going. And that's not good. And, and, and then we're growing. Right, where everybody's growing, and so if, if I don't say no and have a date night or just stay at home and look at his face, then we're we we do not know how we're growing, and I don't want to grow apart. So we talked about that, you know, really just saying no and making a point to have that date night, and it can be at home. It can literally just be at home and spending time together.
0: Wow, that's so good. And I, I'm
1: learning that, Tanya. I'm in the process of learning. So that's like right there. That's the process for me.
0: And, you know, and and that's what one of my mentors taught me. And actually in her book um, that she co-authored with her sister, that is a chapter saying, no, it's a complete sentence, even down to answering your cell phone. Let it go to voicemail, you know. And I felt guilty doing that, <laughs> you know. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I'm sure they know I'm on the other end, <laughs> you know, looking at my phone ring. But she's like, no, if, if it's that important, they'll leave a message and you can get back with them tomorrow. Same thing with email that's or what me. have you.
1: Text me. Texting you guys. Okay. Yeah, that was that was a very good question. I think a lot of us battle that. A lot of women physicians, we battle the guilt of being a bad wife. The house isn't clean enough. Um, you know, I don't get a chance to work out, you know, and you know, your beauty is compromised. You know, when you're up 24 hours, that, that's not right. And, and it's not just 24 hours because I'll stay up for the 48 hours. And God bless our mommy doctors. Wow. What God, God bless them all because, you know, you're never off. So you go home and then you're, up. you know, so the guilt of being a bad wife, I, we face that a lot, that guilt of not having the house kept, you know, I, I just moved, we're still in boxes, like, you know, so things like that, like, you know, um, and that, and that's why I need that time with my husband. So we can talk about that, like, you know, so I can say, you know, I'm feeling, I'm very sorry. I'm not, I'm feeling like a bad wife. I'm feeling like, you know, because because I'm not cooking, you know, because I can't because I'm always working. Um, and like I said, that that I'm fighting for that me time to exercise. You know, I'm telling my patients, you know, we need to lose some weight, you know, because it's you know, it's me, too. It's me, too. And that's where I think I call myself the OBGYN next door. because I always include myself because I'm learning, too. You know, it's just not the patient coming in. You know, yeah, I'm here. I'm the expert. But people are experts in in, in, in whatever they do, you know, and they have pearls of wisdom. So that's why I love being OBGYN because I learn from my patients, you know, we're all on this journey. We're all on the same journey and we're just at different points. So we're learning from each other. And that's why I love my job. My job sometimes doesn't feel like a job. It just feels like I'm just, you know, hanging out. Sometimes, you know. Um, but the guilt factor, you know, and I think that as you know, reading the book, The Chronicles of Women in White Coats, I I was like, Oh, okay, I'm not the only one. Okay. You know, it was a big relief. Like, I'm normal, it's okay, you know, and of course having an understanding husband, you know, and maybe that's why. I wanted someone in the medical field because they would understand a little bit more, even though he doesn't really understand, you know, exactly what I do, you know, you know, because I'm an OBGYN, I do surgery. So, you know, when patients think that, oh, the doctor just runs out of there. No, I worry about I worry about you guys, you know, making sure that there's no complications. So even him being in the medical field, sometimes he doesn't understand. So I give grace to those who are not in. That just reminds me, Kendra, give grace. People don't, everybody's a different type of busy and no busy is better than the other. It's just extending graces to each other. So when I do tell no to my friends, they extend me some grace. They they do.
0: Wow, wow. wow. Kendra, I wish you were my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> if you was in LA. I'll be there next month for a conference. So... But uh, I mean, just and, and I think this is good for the women who are watching because I think a lot of times when we go through that door and we sit on that you know, that cold table and we have the paper you know, robe on us and we got our socks on and we make sure we took a shower and lotion down and our toes are painted, you know, <laughs>
1: God, and
0: we're you know, we're on high anxiety the whole time we're in the doctor's office, you know, to, to hear you talk from a human point of view is refreshing. And so I thank you for being transparent, sharing your struggles, you know, even down to keeping house and cooking and, you know, all of those things. I just think it's so important. And, and the ladies are just like, I know, right. LOL girl. So that, <laughs> you too. So thank you, thank you. Thank you. And that support right there
1: makes me feel better. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think that we're all, like I said, everybody's a different type of busy. It's, mm-hmm. So you know, I might be a physician. You know, you're you're doing um, shows. You know, you're going around speaking. You know, everybody has a different platform, and we're all busy. You know, so it 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 just really us coming together and kind of giving us solutions, like you know, like saying and, and, and grace. Like you know, that's why I gotta say no, I can't make it. I really got to be at home. You don't know, you know, and then and people just extending graces to you and knowing that we're all busy in a different kind of way. Um, And at the same time, you know, having your girls night. I just went to the Beyonce concert with some of my best friends from eighth grade, and you know what? That rejuvenated me. That girl time, that me time, um, that's important as well.
0: Very important. That is very important. That is very important. So, Dr. Kendra, we're going to wrap this up. Um, can you tell us where we can purchase your book so we can support? Yes, yes, yes. So
1: you guys can go just directly on Amazon, The Chronicles of Women in White Coats. Give it to anybody. If Daughters, people that are in the middle of career change, people that are that need a pickup, people that don't believe in miracles, because there are miracles are in this book right here. I mean, you, that's why I'm saying, like, this book had me just captivated and they're all real. So it takes you behind the white coat and lets you know that we're all human. We're all going through the same struggle. And like I said, this is earlier, I said, this is not just for people in medicine. This is for everybody. It's inspirational. It's um. Captivating in the sense where it takes you through failures. I think that you know people you know want to talk to that successful person. But keep in mind, you know, you talk to that person who failed, okay? Because fail, fail, you learn a lot from failure. And in that failure, in this book, there's triumph. There's people overcoming. And so I really, yeah, just want everybody to go to Amazon, purchase that book, support this movement. It's the only book of its kind, so we can keep it going. People can find me. I'm mostly active on Instagram at Dr. Kendra MD, and I usually answer people' responses if you DM me for any educational purposes. Um, it takes me about 48 hours to get back to you, but I do get back. Um, and I'm also on um, Facebook as Dr. Same thing at Dr. Kendra MD, or you know, this is my personal um, Facebook that we're on right now. K Love Segura. but really, I'm really active on Instagram, and so like I said feel free. I'm your OBGYN next door Just say that I saw you on the uh, Tanya show. And I'll, and of course, I'll definitely make sure I respond for sure.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So can you leave us with one piece of advice? I always ask my guests before we part to leave one piece of advice that you want women to take away from um, your story in the book.
1: Well, I'm going to just do two. One is for the
0: health aspect,
1: because like I said, you know, um, you know, as, you know, minorities, we are so strong. You know, we 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 ignore we ignore. And I've done it. Denial is strong. And I know sometimes you hear somebody like, how could she not know? But denial is so strong, especially when you're the breadwinner, especially when you got to keep it going, you got to keep it together, you're the centerpiece. So I really want your audience. I really want your audience to say, you know what, let me listen to my body before it does go south, before we before we get to a point where we have to just do surgery. Okay. Before we get to a point where it really gets back. So that that's one thing. Listen to your body. The second thing, um, personally, what I wrote about in the book, the career change, you know what? We only live once. And as we get older, older people kind of know that as you get closer to your mortality, you know, who cares? They get that who cares attitude because we are all going to die and let's not die with our gifts. So, if that something is a burn, it's an itch. It, for everybody, it, it's different. So it's some for me, it was a burning. It was an unsettling in my tummy. But you know what? I, I need to do more. I tell the younger people, listen to that sooner, okay? So everybody has this backup plan, but that itch will never go away unless you scratch it. So that is my second. Of
0: advice. Wow, wow, wow. You have really blessed us tonight. And I am so honored that you um, said yes to being interviewed by me. And I know the women who, um, you know, w- will catch this on replay or on, or on iTunes or what have you their lives will be changed too. And so I'm so, so, so honored. Um, I'm going to be following you when I come out to L.A. I don't, I don't know what my, my schedule looks like, but I'm going to try to try to see if I can see you um, exactly. I'll be there by, the, by the airport um, next month. But I'm so excited. And I know there's nothing but great, great things for you in the future. And so thank you. For taking time out of your busy schedule, you didn't say no to me. <laughs> <laughs> Tanya, because you, you know that you're doing and your
1: audience know that you're doing a great work. And in this world of, you know, the virtual world is a blessing. OK, you know, you can look at it however you want. I look at it as a blessing. The people that I get to meet, the people that I get to help, the people that help me. But also, you know, it can be a tool that, you know, makes you depressed. You know, studies show that if people yes. don't actually engage the lurkers, the creepers. They're more depressed. So there's a lack of transparency. And for you to be open and honest, you just don't realize how much you help. And the reason why I know this is because I'm the doctor. So I see what's in everybody's chart. I see what people aren't telling their husbands their best friends. You know, so that's why in this world full of fake, you know, it when I when, when I find that's why I agreed to come on the show. When I find somebody authentic, oh my God, you need to be, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let my audience know they need to follow you. You know, oh, like you. I said, everybody asks, you know, are you married? Are you married? But people don't help you maintain it because that's a whole different game. And it's actually harder. Nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about that. And in addition, I really admire you for really educating our community. And that is my passion because we don't go to the doctor. We just don't do it. And I, you know, even myself. So denial, just to recap, denial is strong. Listen to your your body talks to you. Listen to it, you know like not answering the phone, you know, doing that me time, like your me time is going to your doctor's visit. And one one patient um, said it best. She goes to get her well woman exams around her birthday. You know, she does a whole health cleanup around Mm -hmm. her birthday. So I thought that was a good marker because your birthday, you know, you're thanking God for another year and you're taking care of yourself. That's part of that self-love,
0: self-care. So I thought
1: that was a good point around your birthday.
0: Um, awesome, yes, yes, yes So ladies, you heard it from Dr. Kendra Right here, make sure you Schedule those well, women, your mammogram If you're old enough, I know I get my Mammograms uh, <laughs> uh, So <Yeah>. make sure <laughs> Who wants to die young and I stay healthy, I'm, look I'm two years From having, having an empty nest And I want to look cute for my booze So I just yeah. want Yeah, yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep, your pap smeared women, your pap smears, mammograms, your colonoscopy, all this, you don't have to think about if you know the name of your primary care doctor. That's So that's the call to action. Everybody go and get a primary care doctor that they like because there's a doctor for every patient. Remember, it doesn't matter what they look like, who they are long as they care but that's where you have to take control and be your own advocate and i know especially me specializing in vaginas i know i wouldn't want somebody in my private parts that i don't like i mean that's it's personal right there this is the personal game so that's the call to action and like i said i'm on instagram follow me at dr kendra md and um hopefully we can do this again tanya i love you are, you are wonderful. Oh,
0: thank you. thank you, thank you, thank you. So ladies, make sure you go follow Dr. Kendra right now. Get her book. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is a co-author a with book. other female mm-hmm. physicians, chronicles of women in white coats. Um, and we wanna support, we wanna make sure we always, and I tell you all all the time, make sure you support our sisters who are out there, who are advocating for us. And so Dr. Dr. Kendra, I'm so honored. Thank you so, so much. And um, y'all, we'll catch you on the flip side here on the Tanya Burnett Show every Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Facebook Live. See you later. It's the Tanya Burnett Show.